You, why do I? Why do I do? Why do I I'm volunteer? I volunteer for this because you like me. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Welcome to the Metacast. Oh, no, wait. Welcome to the intro. I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> and I'm Josh Anderson. Got a little confused with my intros there. Hey, it's okay. So uh, we have a good one. We always have a good one, but I, I short and sweet. I yeah, think this one's coming short, short focused, sweet. Uh, hopefully, you, you uh, we're curious as to see how you react about it. So react We around. even have like a follow-up. And that's exciting. We're asking for your feedback. There's going to be a full. I don't. Th- I think it's the first time we've ever done that. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm excited. And you're and you're pulling it. To, you're the techno guy. Yeah. You're pulling this thing together. I'm excited. Jeez. All right. So what's coming up, Josh? Uh, c- give a pitch to Kazi. Uh, Kazi. So every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, we stream. We do basically ask me anything. If you've seen our conference talks, where Bob and I pass out three by five cards yep. to answer any problem anybody's having, we do it. Live and online every Friday, and it's free. And one key thing, uh, so I I talk more than Josh in the Metacast. If anyone has ever noticed that, I don't know. It's it's not that obvious, but uh, but the Kazi stream is the Josh Anderson show, and you get a full dose of his wisdom and his experience. And he'll snicker about that and stuff, but he's got a lot of that, and he's got a great heart. So, and it's freaking free. So get your butt over yeah, to the stream. Get your butt over there. All right, so then uh, I'm traveling. Yeah, I've got two conferences coming up next. So uh, next week, which would be second week of November or first full week of November, I'm in Orlando, um, in Orlando, Florida, at Agile Dev Conference DevOps mm-hmm. uh, for Monday through Wednesday, teaching a, uh, like three workshops, half day mm-hmm. workshops, and a track talk. Uh, Mary Thorne will be there. If you know Mary, uh, Leon's, uh, I forget, I, I can't remember the people. Uh, Ryan is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of people. It should be, it's a good conference. Uh, so uh, if you're down there at Agile Dev, stop and say hi. The other thing that I'm really excited about doing, uh, I'm going to get the Gatineau Ottawa Agile Tour. Wow. The GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. Well played by I, I was invited to uh, do a keynote uh, with Esther Derby, she's doing another keynote in Ottawa, Canada, in a, in like three weeks. So it's sort of uh, right before the week before Thanksgiving, uh, and I'm actually talking about my journey, yeah. like my oh, that's great um, branding. That'll be a long talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually ordered sleeping bags for everyone in the audience because <laughs> they're going to have to bundle up. I couldn't help. They're going to have to bundle up and take a nap. You were on a roll and you were so serious and everyone. And I was serious and you oh, just and you cut through I'm it. So sorry. Uh, but it's it's like a personal journey thing about how to brand yourself and how that's important and developing yourself. Yeah. And it's it's really they it's sort of something I pulled out. I it's I haven't pra- I practicing it by myself, but I'm not it's the first time I've done it, so we'll see. That's a cool but topic. I'm, but I'm yeah. so looking forward to going up there. It's a new place, really neat hotel, 800 people. Mm-hmm. Uh so so join me. At the goat. Yeah. At <laughs> the goat. Yes, exactly. Uh, on to the episode? On to the episode. Take care, y'all.
Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Yeah, Bob's lost his mind this morning. I just, have. Just a heads up. I have. I had to take a deep breath. Bob was slapping the table. And, and his then, head. I'm yeah, trying yeah, I'm trying to I, – I had a – if you've listened, Metacasters, to these things, occasionally I get into a, a bit of a laughing spasm, uh, and I did that again today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. But I think so, it's over. Yeah, well, we'll see. What's, uh, what are we going to talk about, Well, Josh? you caught me off guard. As usual, Bob and I sit and stare at each other for a minute and say, what are we going to talk about today, Bob? And we go through emails and other customer, not customer, uh, listener inputs and emails and tweets and things like that. And Bob, out of nowhere, what did you say? It was so profound. I said curiosity. No, you had this profound statement. Oh, I didn't have anything profound. You it's did. gone. It's it gone. Like, I'm old. They come and go, Josh. Oh. It's like everything in my life. I am equally as old since I can't remember. What I can't you remember said what two it was. Ago. Uh, right, the profound, yeah. you know, sort it of. It was a very profound statement about the, curiosity. The, you know, the 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 lost art. There it was. The lost yeah. art of of curiosity. Yeah, that's it. So that's our that's our episode today. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, and and it, again, I'm not. How does it fit? How does it fit into agile? How does it fit into agile context? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a blog post, so I didn't. It, it didn't come to me as an epiphany, oh. Josh. No, no, it. but it's, I mean, I wrote it down. It's not as exciting now. Well, no, hold on. So I just, I'll, I'll prove it. All I've got is that word there. Hmm. That's my reminder that I think I've been thinking very lately mm-hmm. that um, I'm not showing up with enough curiosity at times, mm-hmm. meaning asking questions over telling people that they're doing something right or wrong Yeah, as a coach. And... And then I was, I'm thinking about like writing a blog post about that. Like, what are the aspects of curiosity? This is mm-hmm. more of a personal thing, I think, of how do I remind myself to be more curious? How do I show up with more curiosity? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, when do I go from curious mode? Like, what are the boundaries? Another interesting thing. What would be the boundaries when curiosity is not your stance? Let's call it a stance where, and you want to be in like telling stance. Right. And, I, and my head is telling me that, you know, so for me, I want to be in curiosity most of the time. Yeah, I agree. The majority of the time. That's a better place to mm-hmm. be. And I, and I want to get out of it rarely. So enough of that. What do you what do you think? Curiosity. I, I've been, I haven't be been. Be curious about it. I Josh. haven't been labeling it this way, but it's the trend I've been having over the past six months as I've done more and more coaching. It's, oh my gosh, you and I are simpatico. Yeah, it's weird. It's annoying. Isn't it the juicy yeah. simpatico? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't start. Don't. We were on a roll. We were doing good. We were doing good. <laughs> and I was able to drive past you. And you, you were looking serious and you were like, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, if you've been to any of our uh, Twitch streams, yes, that's a plug, uh, every Friday, there's a lot of questions that come up. And I've been trending towards just... Everything is a difference in the acquired knowledge. So I've been trying to be more curious about why do you think the answer is X and I think the answer is Y. I assume you have a very good reason why you believe it to be Y. And I think I have a pretty good reason of why I think the answer is X. What do you have? What information do you have that I don't have or vice versa? What information? There's an information gap. Between you and I. So I've been using curiosity to try and tease out that missing link that one of us has that the the other doesn't have. Because usually what happens, as I found, is that well-intentioned, smart people 
when given the same set of information, the answer just becomes clear. And there's very little debate about what's air quote right at that point. So that, that, that's been the prevailing stance I've been taking in so many different things as people ask questions on the stream or at work or anything. It's okay. You think it's one thing. You think it's another, you both care about the same thing. You have good intents. You want to do well. What's the gap? What's missing? So then it's about sparking and creating that curiosity within those other folks that are, you know, banging heads to say, okay, let's pause and let's not assume Joe's right and Jim's wrong. Let's assume you're both right based on the information that you have. And now we just need to close the gap on that. Well, seeking that, that phrase, that old phrase, seeking to understand first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not – so moving from position, I have a position, mm-hmm. I have an opinion, mm-hmm. to almost moving into the middle, no. So yes, you have a position, absolutely. Yeah. And But before you try to like – have a wrestling match about it, try to just stop that. Not, no, I'm not actually, curiosity to me has not changed. I have opinion. You know, you clearly know I have opinions about everything. Painfully aware. Yeah, but not, but actually then move into curiosity, just mm-hmm. that seek to understand. Part of it, I think, for me, is why I'm interested in this lately, is I'm, I'm attending this ORSC coaching series, um, mm-hmm. this training, like I'm becoming ORSC. Uh, it's a it's a relationship. It's a systems coaching model. Okay. And I'm going there. And I think coaching, co- any professional coaching, whether it's CTI, like person-to-person coaching or organizational coaching, ORSC is more organizational coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all about questions. And non-judgmental, like the neutral questions, like asking that there's the lost art of the neutral question where you don't bring judgment into it, into mm-hmm. the question, but mm-hmm. it's really a neutral sort of a curious question and then shutting up and listening. And I'm finding that that opens up, like probably you're finding in the stream, it just opens up different dialogue. It opens up, it changes the dynamics. So we're not fighting, we're understanding. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's the... That's the first move that I try and make is to remove the adversarial nature yeah. and say, hey, we're on the same team. Like we're trying to get to the same destination. So there's no reason to be going against each other. Let's work with each other. Let's align in parallel and we'll get there. That's that's the first emotion you have to get removed because it's that's what starts it is that emotion and that I think I'm right or I think you're wrong. And in reality, it's the – I don't understand why you believe that. And so right. then not having the curiosity to dig in and figure that out, that's where that's where these chasms are created. I think another part of the curious stance, so when I'm debating, it has a negative – so the energy between you and I, if we were arguing or debating, mm-hmm. would be negative energy. Mm-hmm. I think curiosity brings a positive energy into – it, it it flips the energy level in the room because uh, now it's honest curiosity. It's not yeah. feigned curiosity, right? Or tricky curiosity where I'm asking you a question so I can yeah. jump on it. But I do a gotcha. But it's like a little kid, yeah. you know, a little kid. Two kids are outside uh, sports. I'll try to use a silly. Correct me on my sports mm-hmm. analogy, but you know, someone who doesn't play football, and then someone you're you're one of your kids is playing football. Uh, and is pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And a little kid comes up, and they're just curious as to what's what's up with football. What are the triggers? And and their face is like, oh, their body language is open. Mm-hmm. Their eyes are they're they're actually excited. So mm-hmm. cur- when you show up with curiosity, you show up with you want to learn something. Mm-hmm. So part of the posture is not arm wrestling. Part of that posture is teach me. Right. 
right? I want to learn. I'm open-minded. Like it's an open posture as opposed to a closed posture. So I think the energy dynamic changes. Leaders, I think as leaders, when we show up as a leadership Mm -hmm. coach, you know, instead of, you know, you suck at that, right? So judgment, reserving judgment is another important part, but really just sort of being curious, uh, what's going on? You know, clearly you're doing that for a reason, right? Clearly, you're not stupid. Right. Clearly, you're doing that for a reason. What's the historical, you know, story behind that? And then giving them someone. Yeah, I think the other part of curiosity is allowing people to allowing them space. Mm-hmm. So let's say it takes you thirty minutes to explain something, and and I I'm not good at this. Right. Like I'm uh, my body language might be impatient. Like yeah, you know me. Mm-hmm. You know I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I'm but but trying to change that. So I'm like really like I I could repeat back something. And I'm starting to engage right. with like active listening. Mm-hmm. I think part of curiosity is that notion of active listening. So there's a couple of things. One of the lessons that I learned that pushed me in this direction was when I was working for Dude Solutions, and they were transitioning. What from do you What do you mean by that? To agile, okay, and <laughs> and and sitting down with a CEO, I I could see the like almost embarrassment in his face about how they had become this waterfall org. And he knew it wasn't right. And he would say to me over and over, Josh, listen, every decision was right when we made it at the time, the information we had, that's what we thought was right. And now the more I've learned, I understand that's not what we should have done, but that's why you're here, Josh. So it's like, he was begging me not to judge him. Right. And that was because I was like, why, why, why in the world did you guys do this? But I was younger and he was like, listen, like at the time it's, it, it, it really was the best option we had. I get it now. That's not the right answer. So, so that, that got me to, get on his side of the table and understand. And and he did a really good job of explaining how they got there at that time. And I understood, gosh, okay. Yeah. You kind of were stuck. And that really was the right answer for you. Is it the right answer now? No, but a million things have changed since then. But see, showing that curiosity as you were talking, empathy came to my mind as well. So, so I think there's a couplet with curiosity, maybe the empathy card, where you're connecting with yeah. the person, right? So yeah. Again, I think the energy in these empathy, um, you know, sort of curiosity, connection, understanding, seeking to understand, yeah. much more positive for both, for mm-hmm. both parties, right? Respectful. Right. It's a much more respective, respectful posture, I think. And we can debate, but then get that, get that understanding before we start debating a little bit, right? I'm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, that a debate posture is bad, but I think maybe step one, in most cases, is that curious, that asking, that asking posture. Well, so the the other thing I was thinking about is if you've listened to this podcast for however many years that we've been doing this, you'll hear Bob and I get excited when we think we disagree on something. And we're then a little bit disappointed that we agree in the end. It was just a communication issue about what the, about the words that someone was using. And I get excited when someone I trust has a differing opinion because that's an opportunity for me to learn. So if Bob says, you know what? The sky is blue. I'll be like, really? Okay. Let's, let's talk, like, let's figure that out. Let's explore that. Yeah. And so then that's an opportunity. And that's the stance that I've been taking of late is, Oh, you disagree. Cool. Let's figure out why, because then somebody likely both of us are going to walk out having learned something from that dialogue. 
Metacasters, for those of you who think this might be too philosophical or too psychological, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, what Josh and I are talking about would help leaders conversing. It would help uh, scrum masters with their teams, team leads with their teams. Uh, it helps engineers that are trying to figure out the right, what coding standards, right? Think about the number of times that you and your team has talked about what are our coding standards? Exactly. Right. And somebody, so this, and, this and applies like opinions. everywhere. Yeah. So I want you to, I guess my point is I want you to seriously think about what we're saying. And, and then we may not, we're having, we may have some practical examples, but don't discount, oh, there's not enough practicality. It's, it's an eth- esoteric concept. No, bring it into every dialogue that you have in your team. Mm-hmm. Like start every dialogue, go to the daily standup and be curious. Rather than stat, you know, status report, ask questions, try to understand, like, is someone struggling? If they're not talking about it, uh, read their body language mm-hmm. and just really deeply be curious. I think you'll get much better interactions is what we're talking about. Um, where, where's an area that it's sort of, I, now I said it's everywhere, but where, where is it particularly important are there areas where being cured or timing is there situations where it's crucial more crucial what do you think to me where it's most crucial is when it is crucial like so so when it is a high stakes conversation when the going is tough yeah like you especially as a leader of any type forget your title yeah but what leaders will do is they will calm the situation by trying to remind everybody we're on the same team. We're trying to get to the same destination. We just have a difference of information. We're all smart here. We all right. we all understand the problem space. Let's talk it through and understand the differences. And the differences, again, often is just the information that that decision or that opinion is based on. What could we role model? Not not role play, but role model. Maybe some situations like bad curiosity and good curiosity. So. And and one came to mind to prime the pump, um, like like Josh, you're the scrum master for a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, I really uh, you had a fail, you failed to sprint. You know, I'm really empathetic to that. This is I know you guys worked hard, but I, I'm really curious as to who, if you could pin it down to one person, who's to blame for the failure of the sprint? I'm curious as to who that would be, Josh. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and. And to me, where 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 people stumble with applying this approach is they think they know the answer. Yeah. So they like precede it. So it's not an open question at that point. It's like a leading question. It's like you're leading the witness at that point. There's this notion I don't I'm not expert on and I I'm it's part of my learning. It's on my backlog, my learning. It's clear language. Mm-hmm. And clear language, clear questions do not have bias built into them. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like it's a truly and it's the art of truly asking neutral questions. So Mm -hmm. you're not bundling in subtly your bias, which then shuts people down and things like that or it affects them. Uh, So that's not curious. That's what I was. So I think you want to be clear or new. So curiosity is neutral. It's not positive or negative. It's Mm -hmm. just because you don't know. Uh, So I think I think. What we're saying is you have to be careful about that. Uh, what would be a similar – give me a positive curiosity. One of the things that I've uh, switched to, again, in the past couple of years, I've had a lot of changes in how I speak. And one is in referring to habits. And I just talk about the habits, especially in the transformation. Mm-hmm. 
I say, listen, we have pre-existing habits that we need to shed and build new ones. I'm not saying those old habits are bad. We just need to shed the old habits and build some new ones. Again, treating it as neutral as possible and not attacking the history again, because that company is likely successful and they have enough money to bring in somebody like me or Bob to come and solve the problem. And you might so, even yeah. say something like, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm curious, what, what habits do you think we should look to shed? Yeah. Right. Not, and that's it. Yeah. So not, you know, I think planning is something we suck at. Do you think we should shed that? Mm-hmm. So that's leading. Right. Right. And just, but just throwing a really neutral question out there and then just listening. And even if there's quiet, that's telling you something or if people are unsettled or something, you might follow up, you know. It, so another part of curiosity is calling out behavior. I think I'm, I'm sort of asking, for example, I, I put out an open ended question. Mm-hmm. Clearly, everyone here is like, I've noticed that everyone at the team around this table is looking at each other and sort of nervously smiling and smirking, but no one actually is bringing anything up. Right. I wonder why that is. Have we scratched the surface of something else? Mm-hmm. I'm not judging it, but I'm just, and then let that sort of student. So, so sort of peeling the onion with your curiosity and it's, and even observing, like the uh, this comes to my coach, observing the system, mm-hmm. observing the behavior of the people and how they're reacting to that, I think would be part of it as well. You think? Yeah, uh, that's that's a big challenge, and I think you will get a window into an organization's curiosity quotient, if there's such a thing. Yeah. In a retrospective, how curious are they about the struggles they had? Do they just list the struggles? And they just keep doing it over and over again. Or for every struggle that they identify, do they spend time being curious about it and trying to figure out what opportunities do we have to make an improvement or try something different? That, that, that's a real shortcut window to let you know the kind of coaching you're going to have to do. I think it, the, the retro is a rich place yeah. to experiment with curiosity. Right. Right. Um, you sort of inspired me, and then I lost the thought there. I was, I was sort of like, oh, now I got it. But how do we? And I think the answer is role modeling. But I want to hear it from you. Like, how do you teach people to be curious? And I don't think you can. I think it's more of do we model that? Like you show up in a curious posture, and then people learn. They sort of indirectly learn, not directly. Yeah. Like I don't know, is it a direct learning? Like I, you know, I have curiosity one-on-one training for teams or something, or do we model it? Or is it like, how do we teach organizations to be more curious? Modeling is definitely one approach. And I think that's a baseline that you have to do that. Otherwise you can't expect the system. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're teaching by your behavior. But I have been more direct with certain people. So, so oftentimes it's the most talented engineer in the room. And the one that everybody knows, like everybody just knows yep. this person yep. is the best one and they always have the right answers and their architecture is always fantastic right. and they just nail it. The The problem becomes that that person in trying to do the right thing and to short circuit the problem and get to the right answer as quickly as possible, they end up always having the answer and everybody else kind of shuts up. And they lack curiosity. Right. And they just kind of turn off their brains because, oh, so-and-so is going to have the answer. So I've done a lot of very direct coaching with people in that position to say, listen, I don't want you to speak 
in statements anymore. Everything is a question. Your goal is to try and model the way you think and ask questions of your peers to help them find the way to the answer that you got to. I, I like that. So it's not just the modeling is, is one part of it. It's a strong part. The other part is coaching people to model right. themselves. And it's particular people to your point, thought leaders, mm -hmm. architects. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad. The, in fact, their goal is the same, but how they go about it. Right. And, and, and it's harder for that person because they know the answer exactly, and they know, wait a minute, I can give the team the answer right. in like three seconds right. or I can spend 15 minutes having a conversation right. and we finally get there. Like right. that's hard on right. somebody, but you have to spend the time and get them to understand the greater good and the long-term gain. If they can infuse their thought process in the rest of the team, then you fast forward three months, everybody gets there that quick and it's not a struggle and oh if so and so is on vacation right. ah, we got to wait or they're not here we need to wait till they're available because they can't be at this meeting because they're going to have the right the right answer right that that just slows things down it creates a bottleneck which ultimately is going to fail so creating the space so so modeling but also creating these opportunistic space for curiosity by you know situationally coaching people, I would buy that. Yeah, personality types come into play, etc. Patience comes into play. Yeah, it's really hard because it's hard. I mean, yeah. in the beginning, folks, if you're moving from a non-curious environment, culture in a team, to trying to get to curious, there's going to be this. There's going to be these pregnant pauses where folks are just silent. So someone, the architect is giving them space, but no yeah. one's responding. Right. Right. So even then, you have to sort of like really get over that hump. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think we've. I don't, is there anything else we've missed? I've, again, it's, it's, I think this is one of those meta topics for us uh, where it covers it, but it's, it's really crucial. I'm really trying to fundamentally change my style, my coaching style. I'll, I'm not, not away from Bob. I'll always be Bob Galen yeah. and I always have my personality for good or bad. But I'm really trying to be more curious and show up that way. And it's changing. It's really changing the dynamics where I'm telling people, now they're self-discovering, mm -hmm. right? And it's more effective. What I'm starting to scratch the surface of is it's a, it, it creates more effective outcomes, I think, if I'm showing up that way right? with that position. So what, what I would love to see, and I'm trying to think of the right forum for folks to kind of report back on, is in your next group setting – with whoever you work with, again, this applies to anybody and everybody, to engineers, to leaders, to anyone. Forget the profession. Just anybody that's working to get better. In your next group setting, be it a team meeting or a refinement or a retrospective or whatever, do two things. One, pay attention to yourself and see how curious you are. And then pay attention to your teammates and see how curious they uh, are. I like that challenge. And just... Yeah. And just see, just see, like, are we between a, a zero and a 10? Are we a zero? And like, so are nobody's we, really are curious? Are we position-oriented yeah. and debate-oriented, or are we curiosity-oriented, yeah. seek to understand? And on a scale of one to 10, where are we in that in that spectrum, right? Yeah. That's actually a really cool challenge for folks, just to observe. I, w I would actually say observe yourself, Yeah, like you said. Or maybe do it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. And then observe your or observe your team, uh, observe your team context. Okay, right? so I am gonna I'm gonna create like a Google form or something that we can attach because because I really am curious to see 
the you, spectrum you really of are what? that we have. I'm curious. I, and that was not intentional. It just happened. It was cool. Um, I'm curious to see across our listeners to, to, to just understand where people are and the challenges that people have. And it, it just will be interesting. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to go, it's, I don't think it's out on a limb, but I, I'll speak for myself. I, I think default posture for, for me and for a lot of people is non-curious. Mm-hmm. So I think we start close to, if I said curiosity versus judgment, I, 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 historically I've started closer to judgment. I, so I'm going to say that's a generational thing. And I'm going to say it because that's how I started. Like that's how I was raised as yeah, a leader yeah. of your job is to have the right answer yeah, and to have all of those things. And we need you to know, like yeah. we're counting on you. So that'll be part of the yeah. survey then see if it's, so could we capture generational in a, I don't want people's ages, but well, we could do age ranges or something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So see if there's generational, because no, my generation, I own that. Yeah. It's a judgment. It's so again, not that we we're not curious, but we start in it. We're skewed. Yeah, that's how I started. Yeah. Right? Like, like, that's the evolution of my career is I was told this is what a leader is and what they yeah. do. And that's how I was raised. And then over time I questioned that and changed my stance and decided to become my own leader as opposed to the leader. People I love that. I love that follow up to the Metacast, Josh. That's very I'm, cool. I'm good for something. Are we, are, can we stick a fork in this? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Be curious, shake and bake. Take care y'all.